My name is Andy. I help people live life on purpose. This podcast explores the mystery, beauty, and complexity of life through conversations with an array of incredible practitioners, all of them working at the edge of what's possible for humanity. This is a place for big dreams, bold creativity, and fierce hope. Welcome to the Wonder Dome. If you're inspired by this conversation and you'd like to see it reach more people, you can help the Wonder Dome take flight by sharing it with friends and colleagues, subscribing, giving us a high star rating, and best of all, leaving a glowing review. If you'd like to go even further, consider becoming a monthly supporter. You'll help me keep the lights on and support a wide range of charitable causes. You can learn more at mindfulcreative.coach. Thanks in advance for helping us inspire the world. My guest today is Carrie Newcomer. Carrie is a songwriter, a recording artist, a performer, an educator. She co-hosts the podcast, The Growing Edge, with one of my mentors and heroes, Parker Palmer, who was a guest on episode 70. And she makes some of the most beautiful music and poetry you're likely to encounter, or at least I'll speak for myself, that I've encountered. She's been described as a prairie mystic by the Boston Globe, as someone who asks in her art and music, all of the right questions in Rolling Stone magazine. And uh, she has put out 19 albums as of her latest album, which is the beautiful Until Now. It's available now wherever you get your music. Uh, And she has also put out a number of books of poetry. And she brings that spirit deeply and fully into our conversation today. If she's an artist who, quote unquote, asks all the right questions, like Rolling Stone said, then this is my effort to ask her the quote unquote right questions. And as maybe you'll pick up pretty quickly, right is not probably the proper adjective for the energy and space that Carrie creates and that we attempt to create in our conversation today. A lot of you who have been listening in for a while will know that I care deeply about the creative process, about the ways in which insight and inspiration and ideas can come to us from the most unexpected places. And that one of our opportunities and one of our commitments as human beings is the opportunity and commitment to show up, to show up for whatever life brings Carrie, as far as I can tell and hear, is someone who embodies that as fully as we might hope for in the journey of being human. So if you care at all about making poetry or writing songs or treating the people you love with more grace and respect or navigating complex scenarios with more humility and openness to possibility, if you care at all about meeting this moment of collected collective discord with more a sense of what's possible and less fear then this conversation is for you so let's get settled in (sighs) and hear what Carrie has for us 
Hi, Carrie. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to the Wonder Dome. Thank you. It's great to be on the program. Yeah, this is such a treat. I have spent a fair amount of time over the past couple of weeks imbibing your music, which is really lovely. Thank you. Um, I had not uh, heard about your music, although you have been making it re- 19 albums. Is that right? You've made 19 al- albums of music. Uh, yeah. 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 So I feel like I've been missing out, but, uh, but I've had a chance to catch up a bit. <laughs> And I want to give a big thanks to Parker Palmer for, for introducing you and I, and, and I know it took a little bit of scheduling magic, but we made it, we're here. So thanks for taking the time and making the time. Well, again, it's great to be on the program. Yeah. So Carrie, uh, there's so much we could talk about, but I think I want to start with this impression that I had, which you actually used this exact language before we started recording. And the impression I had is that this album you've just released, and of course now in this moment, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it. So, uh, until now, yes, until now, I have been experiencing it as a, a record that is engaging really deeply with liminal spaces, with in-between spaces, with these edges and thresholds that we are always moving through, whether we're aware of it or not. And, and I just so appreciate how your music to me, at least takes these, these little moments and these big moments and really brings them into awareness in a beautiful artistic way. And I just, so I want to name that experience and curious to hear how that lands with you in this moment, this kind of your music as an engagement with liminal space. Yeah, I, I I think you picked up on, you know, a pretty major thread in the new album and the new book of poetry. There was a companion book of poetry called Until Now, New Poems um, that came out at the same time. And, and yes, you know, navigating and living in liminal spaces in the in-between times. Mm. It's really a thread that runs through both of the works. And I think it kind of runs through a lot of my works in a way. Um, yeah, this, this idea of, of um, you know, living in a time, you know, we've been, we've been living, you know, during COVID, uh, uh, a time of great uncertainty, uh, great unraveling. Mm. And at the same time, you know, we've been living in uh, an opportunity, an opportunity to, to to pay attention to to notice how deeply and completely we are, we are connected and mm-hmm. by the air we breathe we're we're deeply connected. Um, also, an opportunity for change. That um, there's a song on the new album called "A Wolf at the Door," and the line in it is, "We can't just be healed; we must be transformed." Mm-hmm. And and that's the opportunity that comes with a time of great. I said uncertainty and unraveling a chance to decide how we put it back together again. Mm. And, you know, I think grownups, you know, uh, you know, we, we kind of get on a, a, a groove and, and we're following it. Um, societies, oh my gosh, they're like great big ships, you know, and, and trying to shift that, that direction, even a little is hard. Um, unless something big happens Mm. and something big 
a lot of big things that actually happened. And so, you know, we can't just be healed of this. We can be transformed. And so there's, mm. there's quite a bit of that. Um, but also in this moment, um, you know, there's several songs that really address that in between time, the thresholds that we all come across, the growing edges that we, we lean into uh, and then step one step forward into that next growing mm. edge. Mm. So, um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot about that in this. Yeah. <laughs> there's actually a poem in the new, uh, song, uh, a book of poetry called liminality. So yeah, it's definitely, you, you certainly picked up <laughs> on the thread for sure. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, um, you play out the thread really in really beautiful ways. And it actually just, in this moment, it actually just really makes me want to invite you to read the poem liminality if you feel up for it i think that might might maybe open another door or way in for folks who might be listening okay i can do that um it's called liminality so much of what we know lives just below the surface half of a tree spreads out beneath our feet living simultaneously in two worlds each half informing and nurturing the whole A tree is either and neither, but mostly both. I am drawn to liminal spaces, the half-tamed and unruly patch where the forest gives way and my little garden begins, where water, air, and light overlap, becoming mist on the morning pond. I like to sit on my porch steps, barn jacket and boots in the long, last exhale of the day. When bats and birds loop in and then out, one rising to work, one readying for sleep. And although the full moon calls the currents and the dark moon reminds me that my best language has always emerged out of the silence, it is in the waxing and waning where I most often live, neither here nor there, but simply on the way. There are endings and beginnings, one emerging out of the other. But most days I travel in an ever-present and curious now, a betwixt and between that is almost, but not quite, the beautiful, but not yet. I've been learning to live with what is, more patient with the process, to love what is becoming and the questions that keep returning, I'm learning to trust that the horizon I walk toward is an orientation, not a destination. And that I will keep catching glimpses of something great and luminous from the corner of my eye. I am learning to live where loss holds fast and where grief lets loose and unravels, where a new kind of knowing can pick up the thread, where I can slide palms with a paradox and nod at the dawn as the shadows pull back and spirit meets bone. Hmm. Gosh. Thanks, Carrie. Sure. Really touched by that. There are a number of phrases that, that move me, but for some reason, the one that's, that's resonating the most in this moment is that catching the sight of something luminous out of the corner of your eye. And I wonder, you, you alluded to the fact that uh, before we started recording that 
he, he, the songs came for this album they were written during COVID times, but it was hard, hard writing. And I wonder if you could just speak to that kind of the luminous at the per periphery and also the sort of leaning into the, the challenge into the unknown that is also a bit present in, in that poem. Yeah. Um, that luminous something from the corner of my eye, you know, I, I live out in the middle of the woods and, um, I go for a walk with my dogs most days that I'm home and not on the road. And, and, uh, during COVID actually, I, I was home for a while. I mean, shows kind of stopped happening and, um, within a month and a half, I was home longer in a stretch than I'd been home in one stretch in 25 years. So being able to, you know, spend time in this beloved woods and uh, forest that I live in to see the small changes day by day, uh, how they happen so, so subtly, you know, um, it was that, that part was good. You know, there was mm. really hard parts, but that part was good. And mm. it's often there, you know, that I catch that sense of something luminous, something, if not greater than myself, at least wider and larger, mm -hmm. you know, um, catch it from in the light and how it comes through the trees. I, I think, I think, you know, I, I, I do think that, that most people do have encounters with the luminous. Um, and, you know, if it's placed in too much religious language, then it, it starts, the metaphor stops having any meaning. You know, I think mm. there's a lot of dead metaphors out there. Mm. But, um, but I think most folks do have moments of encountering the luminous, the great luminous. Mm. Um, Quakers call it the light. Mm. And, and that we have an inner light and that that inner light is connected to that wide and great luminous light. Um, you know, it's, I'm, um, it's, it's all around and yet it's also a great, a, a deep well that I drink from, you know, it's like going to that well is, is like, this is the water that I pull up so that my inner life um, is, is uh, grounded in a way that helps and supports my outer life in a mm -hmm you know, in a, in a more meaningful way, mm -hmm. but yeah, sometimes you see it in people too. It's like, I see it in the woods a lot. I see it in the natural world and something happens when you get to know a piece of natural world, like an old friend, um, there is something pretty amazing that happens with that. You know, that's, a, you know, there's a ridge top across from my house that is this beautiful stand of beech trees that, mm when the leaves go, you know, like I love it when they're all leafed out, but when the leaves drop, they look, you know, like uh, beach are the, if people don't know the very, they're very smooth and they have the markings look almost like eyes on them. And they look like women, like, like women's arms extending into the sky and they wave back and forth on this ridge top across from my house. You know, it's like old friends. Um, uh, I had an essay in one of my books that I wrote about blessing and that I 
I walked around one day just so grateful for all these small things in the natural world around me that I kept laying my hand like a, you know, like a Baptist preacher, you know, just laying my hands <laughs> and blessing the tree and blessing the, the, the ferns and blessing my dogs. And, you know, just like, and, and then I had to go into town and I went into the post office and there were all those people standing in line, you know, a mom with baby on a hip and, you know, someone who was really trying to figure out the American postal system um, and having a hard time. And, and, you know, people who were elderly and people from the college that's in the town where, you know, and, and I felt like they were all luminous too. And I wanted mm-hmm. to lay, of course I did not. <laughs> you want to lay your hands on each one of them and just like, once you see the whole world is being blessed, you can't hardly see it any other way. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. So that's kind of, once you see the luminous in those small things in nature, it starts popping up other places, mm. you know, in line at the post office yeah. or in the grocery line yeah. or, or in conversation with your daughter or mm. it starts popping up everywhere. So, mm. so yeah, that, it does it does get into my writing and get into uh um you know the threads that kind of go through the work I, I do yeah my sense in a way i think i was connecting to your songs when i initially was noticing that line and and it was sticking with me because my sense in a way is that your songs and your poetry are invitations into kind of luminous so this sort of way in which often the we think of extra, something extraordinary as being something that's far away, that's something that is rare, that's something not mm-hmm. present regularly. But there's a way in which I've experienced you and your artists saying like, oh, it's right here. Like there's the extraordinary is in the ordinary. It's not apart from or separate from the ordinary. It's inside of or rooted you know, the tree like that has the roots underneath that half of that is, you know, that's extraordinary. <laughs> and there's yeah. so much extraordinary going on in our ordinary days. And I, yeah. I really see it that way. Um, and yes, in my other, on my other albums, you know, that, that is a theme that pops up a thread that pulls through. Um, uh, I, I have a whole I have a song called Holy as the Day is Spent when it's just a laundry list, really, of very, very ordinary things that you would never think to put the word holy with, you know. Um, then when you when you look at it in that light, it something shifts. Yeah. That the book, yeah. you know, that that the open book in your hand could have this luminous quality to it that, um, you know, the cup of tea on the, on the counter could have that quality to it. Um, so yeah, that's, that it's, it's a way of seeing, you know, it, it is a little bit of a poet's way of looking at the world. Hmm. You know, it's always there. It's always humming. If you, hmm. if, if you tap in, if you, if you're paying attention and of course I get busy, I'm not always paying attention. Um, but then there it is. And then yeah. there it is again. It's pretty consistent. And yeah. it shows up in, you know, the creative process too for me. You know, in the poem, I say that, 
you know, my best language has come out of the silence. You know, it's like the old moon, it takes the old moon of, of, you know, the dark of the moon Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. three days before the new moon can arrive. You know, it's like, it, it all happens in, in a, a really beautiful cycle. And, um, some of my best language has emerged out of taking time to be quiet, mm. which is interesting since I'm, you know, Carrie, you make your life in sound. <laughs> yes, I do. And I love sound. And I love music. I love the sound of laughter. And I love this, you know, but I also, I return to the silence because some of my best language is found there. The creek bed dries and then it fills. The shadows lengthen as shadows will The last wild roses go to seed The summer birds, they take their lead As the light goes golden Golden Here we are, here I am Here we stand in the handing over That speaks to me a lot. There's a part of me that wants us to just sit in silence for the next couple of minutes and see what happens, but maybe maybe this isn't the place. Yeah, but I really appreciate you naming that. And and perhaps for anyone who hears this, there's an invitation to to pause and be in silence for a bit. Um, you know, I I totally understand why for all many good reasons and maybe some sort of not so great reasons you didn't lay hands on anyone in the post in the post office (laughs) but like there's like it's like there's a way in which I sense that so many of us are actually longing like they're they're even pre-COVID in some ways COVID has uh for those of us who are privileged enough to have some kind of income and some kind of roof over our head right like it's not like COVID suddenly made our lives hard oh everything was great it's like we live in this context where often even those of us who can claim privileges kind of look around and feel really lonely and isolated. And uh, I feel like COVID has underlined that and pushed us to face that reality that our culture is quite isolating. And, uh, and that in a way, even if people might've visibly gone, why are you touching me? Like on a, some deeper level, just to like be, to be blessed, to be seen and blessed by another person and to see in that other person, that blessing and that love, there's something about kind of magical about imagining you doing that uh, and, and showing up in the post office in that spirit. And I wonder how that, what that resonates in you as I just share that back. Yeah. It, well, it was kind of an amazing moment and yes, I, I, I did restrain myself, but <laughs> <laughs> understandable. Yeah. <laughs> to have in my mind, you know, yeah. that, that, uh, um, you know, the, you know, it's, um, it, it is a, a, an amazing thing to, to see other human fellow be, human beings in that way. And I think that's part of why I'm a songwriter. I mean, mm. that, 
you know, as a, a song, you know, a really good song uh, is one of the places where we still connect to one another as human beings, you know, that we see ourselves in one another. You know, it's this moment of empathy um, in a very divided time. In the context of a good song, you know, we see one another um, and and we experience some of human condition together without those boundary lines. And, you know, there's something really uh, stunning about that. Mm. And it happens, you know, with recorded music, but it has been interesting to go back out again on the road and be doing shows live again. Um, I did a lot of work online. I did a lot of online concerts um, uh, during COVID. My husband started an online music platform called Mandolin. So I, I had to be uh, the trial balloon. So, okay, we have this new tech, new idea, Carrie, you know, so, okay, I'll do it. You know, so. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm creatively restless. I'm a pretty creatively restless person if I'm, if I'm really honest about it. So, um, so that was really interesting creative experience, but this idea that m- music and a certain particular kind of spirit is not confined to one location that, that um, in a live performance, you can see that spirit, you can feel that spirit, that, that thread that goes between the heart of the performer and the heart of the listener mm. and between mm. You know, it's like it's within us, it's between us, it's all around us in in the context of a good song. Mm. And I think that also can happen online um, because this particular kind of spirit is not confined to a to a screen that it it can transcend even a screen. Yeah. You know, that being said and working with that, um, you know, I'm kind of going back to something you said a little, just a little bit earlier in our conversation about our current society being very isolating. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really agree with you. And I, I find forms of technology have been so helpful um, during COVID. Like I said, music can transform mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it can even transcend a screen. Yeah. But, um, but there's also a lot of community that's um, wider than deep. Yeah. It happens technologically. And, um, and so, you know, it's happened so fast. I think we're still kind of learning how to navigate it. You know, it, it's only been in the last 10 years or so. It's, it's you know, just really accelerated. So, you know, I think we're, as human beings still learning how to negotiate what feels like connection, but Mm. it's not quite. It's not quite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can even relate to, um, I am also creatively restless, uh, in my own ways and some, I'm something of an autodidact. Like I love to learn and there's a way in which this flourishing of technology has sort of just, Right now at this moment, we could drop everything and go learn uh, just infinite amounts about any subjects that we wanted to. And we could go to a webinar with uh, just really deep, thoughtful people and sit in, and then we could bounce over and watch a YouTube video. And then we could, 
And we could sort of do all of these things. And yet I found on some days, despite how cool that all is and how much beautiful, beautiful experiences I've found through this little portal, I can end the day feeling disconnected that, that I've been sort of skating along. Yeah. Even in my best efforts to kind of choose the quote unquote, uh, the quote unquote, you know, good content, there's still this kind of skating along and, and what I appreciate about a musical experience or a poetic experience, I mean, we might even call it, call it a kind of technology, like the music as the earliest technology. So there's something that it, it like grab, it can grab an anchor. It can sort of pull down from the surface. And even if you only have five minutes, that five minutes can connect to the depth that you're speaking to, as opposed to that breadth, as opposed to that kind of like, yeah. So I just really, yeah, I wonder like, as you play in your own way with kind of you're on the road and, but you've done stuff online and, and how, how have you stayed anchored? How have you sort of stayed connected to the depth? What are you learning as you navigate these times? Well, I I think really paying attention to, um, you know, I have a daily meditation practice and Mm -hmm. it's so awesome that, okay. I don't know if you're, you're, listeners know that you, you meditate with folks right before yeah. <laughs> we begin. The it sort of has made its way into the, yeah. So, well, but I, yeah. Wonderful. Mm. Um, but I have a daily meditation practice practice and, you know, it's been time in the natural world. Uh, I take time to be quiet. Um, you know, I read poetry. Uh. Um, you know, there are things that, I tend to, I tend to my spiritual life, you know, in, you know, in, in interesting kinds of ways, you know. Um, what are some of those interesting ways, if you don't mind me asking? Well, I, you know, I, I, you know, songwriting and I think songwriting and poetry writing, but particularly songwriting has been my most consistent spiritual practice. Mm. Mm. Really. Mm-hmm has been because it, it it's asked certain kinds of really deep things from me. It's asked me to um, pay attention. You know, writers are lucky people. I mean, they get to live twice. You, you get to live it mm-hmm. and you get to write about it. Mm-hmm. You can't write about it if you missed it because you weren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. You weren't here mm-hmm. for your daily life. So it, it's asked me to be present. It, it's asked me to learn how to condense and simplify to find the simplicity on the other side of complexity. Mm. Um, you know, a, a good song, a, a song, uh, in the format that I write, um, you know, you don't have a whole lot of time. You have a few verses, a chorus, maybe a bridge, you know, to, to tell your entire story. So every word counts every line and it unfolds in real time. A song is sung. And so if you lose your listener for one line, you've lost them for five lines. So it has mm. this clarity mm. and that, you know, the, the complexity that happens, uh, the, you know, the simplicity that happens on the other side of complexity and, you know, <laughs> it takes a certain kind of uh, uh, creative, I think, for, for songwriting. I, I, the longest Scrabble game I ever played in my life was with three other songwriters. I mean, <laughs> oh, I mean think about it. It's like, oh, there's a better word. I know there's a better word. It can make it fit better. You know, it's just like, oh, yes. it's 20 minutes. It's time to go, you know. But, <laughs> um, but this joy of, 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 
distilling things down. Yeah. Getting yeah. at their core and their um and yet at the same time, um, you know, as poetry does, lyric writing and poetry, they they share a lot of of tools, but they are very different animals. So mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. You know, a, a song or a poem are often the la- the language is off, often pointing toward more than it's saying. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and and the idea of faithfulness, faithfulness to a particular kind of uh, work and spirit, um, uh, of, of paying attention, uh, of listening for the that hum. Um, you know, there's a certain faithfulness to it, and. Um, and also that wonderful thing that happens in in a creative moment that I get out of my own way, you know, yeah. that, that there's that moment of flow and yes, I'm there and I'm totally participating in it. Um, but I'm kind of getting out of my own way and letting things kind of flow. So being in touch with uh, that, on a regular basis, this also changed me. Mm. 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 Uh, patience. You know, the, the way I write, you know, a lot of my songs start, as I said, with poetry or short stories or essays. You know, sometimes I do, a, I have a song called Pet, Betty's Diner about a whole bunch of characters hanging out in a diner um, and the waitress, Miranda. And, you know, it's kind of patterned a little bit after an all night diner that I worked for a while. Um, yes, I'm an artist. I have waitressed. So, um, but, uh, but at first it was a poem and then it was a short story. And then it was like all these character studies so that when I told the story of each character in three lines, I could really tell the story Mm. because Mm. they were fully formed characters. So that one took over the course of a year for a song, but then there's songs um, I have one called Bear to the Bone that became kind of a little bit of a signature song, but it, you know, it came, it came fully formed. It, I just, it happened in a half an hour and I just had to get out of the way. It was already <laughs> here. And so I wish there were more of those, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> those are gifts. Those are gifts, but, you know, being kind of faithful to the process. Mm. Mm. Being really curious with it, and um, yeah, yeah, it's songwriting has probably been my most consistent spiritual practice. That's beautiful. That that can I'm finding a connection to our earlier exploration of kind of breadth versus depth, and there's a way in which uh, I'll speak for myself. There's a way in which I can kind of sort of not it's an sort of anti-faithfulness it's a kind of like oh let me check that out and let me check this out and uh, i i want to write right now but uh, i'm too tired uh, and you know and you can sort of you, there's so many things t- to do that aren't in a devotional like aren't in devotion or faithfulness to this thing and so the easiness by which we can get pulled away from that faithfulness i'm aware of and I just really appreciate you speaking to what's possible 
if we stay faithful to that process. Sometimes it'll take a year to write the song and that's how long it'll take. But boy, other times it's there in a half hour. And the only way you get to either of those songs is the faithfulness. And it's true. And and also in terms of the other um, aspects of it that have a sense of, of, of transformation, you know, it's like, it's really, really leaning into my own voice, the authenticity of my own voice. You know, I, I'm from the middle of the Midwest, you know, it's like at a certain point, I, you know, I had to really embrace it. You know, I was going to sound like a Hoosier (laughs) and that would be okay. That, that, um, I would never sound like someone who grew up on the island of Manhattan. Mm. But there's plenty of people to cover that voice. They don't need me. Um, that uh, I, I, because we know, you know, that there's something really powerful about a voice that's coming out of its truest self. Mm-hmm. There's risk in that. You know, we we live that in our daily lives. You know, to be true, to be really true and authentic, always implies a bit of risk. And, um, but we know it, we know if, if we hear a song and it's kind of candy coat and the whole thing, well, it just goes right on by say, well, you know, that was way. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. uh, Might be nice or fun for a few minutes, but it's gone. That's Lee Disney, you know, and it's like, you know, that, or or if you, there's a song and you hear it and it's pretty much just kind of going for trendiness or shock value. We got to feel that too, but ah, oh, when when a song puts its finger on the open palm of something true mm. and mm. honest and human, it shakes the world just a little bit. Mm. And at a certain point in my career, it was like, why would I want to write any other way? Why would mm. I want to live any other mm. way than that? Um, <laughs> yeah, mm. so. So that idea of, of faithfulness and authenticity. And and also there was, you know, in terms of those transformations of, of being faithful to an art form, um, you know, at, at a certain point, I remember reading in a Madeline Lingle book, um, she was talking about art being all of art and all of music as being this great big lake. You know, and I and I loved that image, and that all through time there have been all these mighty rivers that have come, you know, into this lake. You know, there's been Mozart and Bach and the Beatles and Woody Guthrie and Miles Davis. There have been some rivers that have just gone into that lake, you know. And then there's all the tributaries and streams, and creeks and hidden springs, and the point. It's not whether I'm a river or a stream or a creek or a hidden spring. The point is that the lake gets filled. And um, really, really embracing that and leaning into that idea, that was, a, that was a transformation that came with staying true to an art form as well. That the point is that the lake gets filled and, and that there's great, um, joy in that and there's frustration in that you know during covid songs you know i i think we said 
might've talked earlier about, you know, I have like 19 albums, which means I write a lot. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, songwriting is like breathing. Um, but during COVID songs came hard and, but poetry was flowing in a really interesting way. Um, if you've ever seen a big, like, like a rock fall down in like a stream, you know, mm. walk, there's like some creeks that go through this, the woods around my house. And if you see a rock in the water, it's like, like the water finds a way around it. It goes up and it'll go over the roots and, and back down and around, you know, spirit finds a way. Mm. Mm. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been interesting that idea of, 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 um, authenticity and simplicity and attention and um you know going where the water flows you know yeah thank you for sharing that i wonder if there's um piece of poetry or maybe even a song i see your guitar in the background no pressure if you don't feel like playing it right now but i wonder if there's something that we might do live here in this moment to connect to that well, I could do a little both. I could do a poem and pull my guitar up. I, you know, we're not really I love it. very well for music, but I, I, I could go ahead. Um, why don't we, why don't we see, I see you have your poetry book. So let's start there and then see where the flow takes us. Okay. Um, okay. So this is called what you won't hear on cable news. <laughs> nice. I want to tell you what you won't hear on cable news about a young woman in an airport who was so exhausted and harried by hours of delay and wrangling an overtired toddler that when her little boy finally and completely melted down and planted himself on the floor, she sat down beside him and started to cry. I want to tell you about the five random women who immediately flowed in from all directions. One pulled out a little toy from her purse. One offered a snack or to go get something to drink. One who called the child honey and wiped his nose with a tissue and offered another one to the grateful mother. And one who asked if it was all right to walk hand in hand with the child right there at the gate, always in sight. I want to tell you about a man who makes soup and bread and then gives it away and a nurse who held his hand when he was breathless and afraid. I want to tell you about my neighbor who drives around all winter with snow chains in his truck just in case someone needs help. I want to tell you about all the people I meet who keep extending themselves and braving the risk of being told it's none of their business, who offer a hand or a bit of encouragement or a couple of bucks, who will walk a fussy child around the gate because it's the kind thing to do. I want to tell you the world still turns every single day on an axis of goodness an unexpected grace that shows up without fanfare and often where we least expect to find it. I don't know how, no, I don't know how. I've never done this before, at least until now. Learn by heart, 
the hard and easy parts But I'm feeling it clearly The old song's grown weary I will sing a new song The old ones carried me this far And for so long But it's time to walk on Lifting up my voice and heart corner of the world there is someone who is has the equivalent of snow chains in the back of their truck to help someone there is someone who is has the tissue in their bag there is someone who's willing to hold out a hand even in the midst of this uh, uh of a pandemic to, to to make contact with another person in whatever way that makes sense and that that willingness that 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 part of the human spirit is so here and also so we so need to be reminded of it. That's my feeling as I just hear you read that poem is how good it felt to be reminded of it in that particular way that you did. Well, yeah, well, thank you. And, and I think, you know, part of writing a poem like that is to remind myself that, you know, we, you know, we, we do live in uh, an, um, as you know, David White said, you know, the, the, the age of information, you know, <laughs> and, you know, we, we are living in a time of an information culture and, but un- unfortunately a lot of the information we get is commercially driven right now yeah. and, um, and focuses on the worst of human nature, uh, you know, because sensational cells and, salacious cells and scary cells, or at least they think so. And, um, you know, let's just keep people afraid, you know, so afraid that they'll, they'll, you know, watch through the, um, uh, commercial to the next, to the next cycle. You know, it's really, it, you know, it's unfortunate that, that there's such a, a focus on that. And yes, it's, there's a lot of hard things happening and we do need to be, I mean, I, I do try to stay informed on, you know, what are the problems? What are our challenges? Cause if we don't talk about the challenges, we're, we're not working toward their solutions. That's important. Absolutely. But at the same time, there seems to be this imbalance, you know, there's, there's also the news of the heart, mm. the kindnesses that we give and receive every single day. You know, if you ask most people, if you ask them, do you know anyone with a generous spirit? Do you know anyone like that who, who has reached out, you know, past all kinds of dividing, so, you know, dividing lines for family or for, mm. you know, for love, for the food bank, for whatever it is. Mm. And almost everyone will tell you, yes, I know a lot of people like that. I'm like mm. that. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's the news of the heart. You know, if you ask someone, uh, I, I teach writing workshops sometimes, and I do one where I ask people to write down little bits of 
little stories of kindnesses, just a kindness that they remember to this day, that the person who extended the kindness may not remember, but they do. Mm -hmm. And people will tell the most amazing stories. Um, also to write down little stories of kindnesses that they extended themselves to another person and mm -hmm. how that transformed them. Because the practice of kindness transforms us as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes love gets so big, you know, it's like love can get big. You can't, I mean, world peace, you can't get your arms around world peace, but you know, but kindness, that's, that's like the country cousin to love. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it is, you know, it also, I'm, I'm back in your post office again. Like there's a way in which that is, that is a way in which we can bless each other in a really true and safe and honest way. So just like, Hey, I see you I see and I, you. and, and I'm not judging you because your kid's crying in public. I'm, I see you and here's a tissue, here's a tissue, you know, yeah. There are days yeah. when I don't need a tissue, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. it's daily, it's doable. Kindness is human size. Mm. There are times when I can't get the love yet, but I can get the kindness. Mm. And that's mm. transformative as well. Mm. So, so I think, you know, there's a, a kind of going back to the, the art and the music and the poetry. You know, I, I think there's, often a thread of what happens what happens when we extend a little bit of human kindness toward um, one another and even and even to ourselves you know but for some people that's the harder challenge oh being kind to someone else is not a problem but oh then turning it around and giving it to yourself you know sometimes that's that's a little that's a little harder yeah, yeah. Kindness is doable. It's human size. Mm. You, can get, you can get your arms around it. Um, yeah. I love that. You know, mm. sometimes love's not there yet, or it just seems like so big. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Wow. Thanks, Carrie. I'm really uh, inspired in this moment to sit with. Like I want to connect to some stories of kindness that people offered me and, and, and that I offered other people. Like, I feel like that's an exercise I want to take from today. And, and maybe for folks who are listening to, to just realize like the act of noticing and naming and remembering kindness is a really powerful way to connect to the news of the heart as opposed to the cable news. Yeah. And again, like I said, if you ask most people, have you experienced any kind of kindness? Have you extended any kind of kindness in the last day or so? Most people will say, oh, yeah. Yeah. There was this person in the grocery store. You know, I mean, it's just like, you know, and like I said, and it's so doable and it does change things. When I do that workshop and people write those stories, again, often, many times, the, the, the person they're writing about probably doesn't remember. Yeah. They might even know how profoundly it affected that person's day. It maybe even affected their life. You know, you know, I'm a traveling folk singer. I believe in the kindness of strangers. I could write, I mean, holy smoke. <laughs> I could do, I could do a whole book or more, you know, and just kindness <laughs> of strangers. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I believe in it because I experience it. And I think when when you're looking for it, you see it more often. Beautiful. Thanks, Carrie. Um, I'm aware that we're we're not at, but we're getting close to our time boundary. And I kind of I feel called to explore two things. One, I, I think it would actually be really fun to close with a song. And I know that you're not set up for music, but we could make it work. So we don't have to do that this minute. But And, and if the audio is not great, whatever, we, we can just edit in a recorded version of the song for the listeners. But I just think in this spirit of us being together in the moment, I'd love to close with a song. Absolutely. So maybe you can just like let that percolate and think about what that song might be. And And before we get there, you said something in the first poem about the horizon no longer being a destination, but an orientation. Is that, is that the right line in the liminality poem? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and actually that's a concept. Uh, I was in conversation with John Paul Lederach, who's, you know, just an amazing um, uh, peace builder uh, works, has worked in nonviolent conflict resolution in some of the most conflicted places on the planet. Yeah. And uh, he was talking about, um, this idea of faithfulness and and resiliency and and being in it for the long haul that you know peace love truth and justice you know in its final perfected form will most likely not happen in my lifetime we can get a ways down the road but its final completion i'll probably not see and so how do you live in that liminal space, you know, I have an album called The Beautiful Not Yet. How do you yeah. live in the beautiful but not yet? Um, you know, paying attention to the fierce urgency of now, doing what we can, that hope is an action. Mm. It's not wishful thinking. In fact, hope can be pretty gritty and daily. Mm. Mm. Yeah, one of the or- origin phrases of the show is fierce hope. There's hope. I love that. Mm. Totally love that. Um, mm. Yeah, I've always I've thought of hope can be pretty gritty and mm. daily and personal, and sometimes it's sometimes you even have to give it to someone else to carry for a day because you just can't carry it for a day, and someone carries it for you until you can pick it up again. Mm. But you know, hope is hope is an action. Hope mm. hope is fierce and mm. daily. And so, so this idea of, of the better world that we're working toward, you know, becoming an orientation more than a destination. Music, music is an orientation, not a destination. Earlier in my career, you know, the big, you know, way, way earlier, I thought music was a destination. You get that Grammy or an Emmy or you get, you know, there's, there's, there's some destination. And you've got me, Emmy, right? So you you can speak really authentically to this, right? You've de- arrived at some of these so-called destinations, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was able, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. It, and but but then knowing that music and the spirit of music is not a destination. Yeah, it's not that. It's yeah. It's the creative process is not a destination orientation to my life. And I think my work for the better world as being an, also an activist 
and trying to live into the beautiful not yet and fierce hope is seeing that as the orientation of my life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, but you know, it's a, that concept, you know, it's, you know, always credit where it's due, but it was a, that concept was, was beautifully described by John Paul Lederach. Mm-hmm. Well, here's to the beautiful not yet. Thank you, Carrie, for speaking that and for orienting yourself towards art that that touches the palm of, of truth in the way that you describe. And I really feel that in your music. It's been such a one of the wonderful joys of, of hosting a program like this is that I have this opportunity to not only be with you now, but also that I've kind of in a way, and this is the gift of art, I've been being with you or or with your art for a couple of weeks. And I really feel that sense of um orientation towards the beautiful not yet that you just spoke to. So thank you for embodying that in your art and your journey. And and you know for those who are listening before you play us a song, I just I, I want to I want to name that you are not just a, a musician and a poet. Uh, just isn't even the right word. You are you are a musician. You are a poet. You are a philosopher. You are a podcast host. You have all of these identities. Uh, you collaborate with with philosophers and and thinkers, and you collaborate with musicians of different genres. And all of this is happening. So that so there's a, a sense in which I encounter you as someone who's in in the beautiful not yet not just orienting towards it but like hey right now in this little space the beautiful not yet is actually here right now for the next five minutes while I play this song it's right here right now so I just really want to say thank you for that well thank you gosh what a and you know thank you for the 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 conversation this has been a great conversation and you ask awesome questions by the way but oh thanks Karen. <laughs> i've been told that before i'm sure but yeah this has been a wonderful conversation let me get my guitar yeah let's 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 take us out for a tune and maybe uh uh just real quick if folks listening and want to uh all right yeah come back when you have a sec we'll we'll do that a little bit oh look at this beauty Okay, I'm back. Great. Um, before you play, just real quick for folks listening in, if they want to find more of your music or your art or your podcast, what's the best place for folks to go? Um, it's uh, you can you can find me uh, at my website at carrynewcomer.com. Uh, also, um, you know, social media except. <laughs> Uh, we may not put this, you might edit this out, but I'm banned from Facebook right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I, I don't know if I'll, I probably won't edit it out and, and we can just leave that be, we can let the mystery be around that, that banning. And that's, I was you know. and, and then mistakenly banned, but I'm and we're, we're well, that's okay. Facebook's one of those wide, not deep places. So, uh, uh, yeah, so, but people can find me on my website and I do uh, Twitter and then um, the, the Growing Edge website uh, that I share um, creative and collaborative um, uh, projects with Parker Palmer. Um, 
And that would be that's newcomerpalmer.com and the Growing Edge podcast where we have conversations and uh we should have you on the show, I guess. We just I think Parker, I, I, I welcome podcast. that opportunity should it ever come. Yeah. But um so yes, you know, um, all my albums are available on Spotify and all the places where you you, you get your music. Um, as well. And same thing with my books. You can find them uh, at your online bookstores or at my website. Beautiful. Thanks, Carrie. Okay, over to the music to take us home. So um, I could do something... Um, could do something kind of uh, upbeat or something meditative. Do you have a preference? There's a song on the album called Molly Brown, like Molly Brown, which is about hope and resiliency. There's um, the one. I know it. Okay, so let me clean up here. So, uh, so this song is called like Molly Brown and, um, uh, during COVID, uh, my, my friend Parker, he, he, we were texting and though, you know, his texts are usually kind of like whole books, but the most wonderful kind of way, but he, he texted me after this conversation we'd been having and said, you know, Carrie, you're just, you're kind of a Molly Brown. And I took that as a compliment. Um, you know, Molly Brown was on the Titanic when the ship went down and, uh, wow. And, uh, you know, the story goes that she was trying to get as many people on the boat as she could. And then she rolled up her sleeves and she's, you know, started rowing into that unknown uh, horizon. And I thought, ah, yeah, I, that's a that's a that's a great uh, image. And at the same time, um, you know, a song that could be a nod of the head uh, to the ancestors, the, all those who have worked before us the shoulders we stand on were faithful to the beautiful, not yet. Um, you know, so kind of, yes, to the pull and rest with them. went down when she made it home Molly kissed the ground I'm gonna row my boat like Molly Brown pull and rest pull and rest do your best and I'm more or less rest and
like Lucretia Mott Who stood up and said This has to stop I believe we all Carry a piece of light Some called her wrong But she was right Joyful. Thanks for sharing that, Carrie. Well, thank you. Well, this has been just a wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me on the program. And, um, you know, thanks to all your listeners for, for listening in today. Yeah, this is so special. Thanks so much, Carrie. And thanks, everyone. I, I hope to see you out there somewhere in the virtual or real world again, Carrie. This, is, this has been a real blessing. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Wonder Dome. This podcast was produced by me, Andy Cahill, with support from Kelly Serqua, and audio editing services from John Nolan at Middle Mountain Studios. The theme song was written and performed by Todd Marston. You can find the Wonder Dome wherever pods are casted. If you dig what we're doing here, please share widely, subscribe, and give us some love in the review boards. And if you feel called to support this humble offering to the world's while also making an even greater impact in the lives of others. Consider becoming a monthly supporter. Not only will you help me keep the lights on and keep this show going for as long as I'm able, but 30% of all member contributions go directly in support of causes like the Black Lives Matter movement, the United Nations Refugee Agency, and the National Resources Defense Council. You can find out more at my website, mindfulcreative.coach, where you can also sign up for my newsletter, learn about my transformational coaching work and get plugged into exclusive offers and community happenings. In the meantime, I'm wishing you a life of purpose, power, and presence. We need you now more than ever.